Hey everyone, you are listening to the Self-Awareness Journey Podcast. This little banter is about a car ride long and features your hosts, JJ Parker and Melissa Albers. JJ owns a tech company and Melissa has been a coach working with influencers for the last 18 years. Earlier this week, JJ, I sent you a very long blog post. I got it. It was really good. <laughs> the blog post was from a place called positivepsychology.com. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to you because I thought it would be interesting. This particular website does a lot with self-awareness. And I thought it would be interesting for you to just take a look at it and that maybe we could have a conversation about you know, the contents of this particular post. But it sort of spun us into a little bit of a different conversation, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, first, I like I like this work that the psychology community does. Yeah. Around self awareness. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but what was interesting for us is that we've got pieces of work like this, um, which are definitely rooted in. Uh, more clinical scientific realm mm-hmm. right and then yeah. we've got other pieces of self-awareness that are rooted i wouldn't say in the opposite of that but in a whole different realm of you know like meditation right the more spiritual yeah spiritual yeah and, and you don't see those two worlds uh cross very often they it, it's funny to me that they're so segmented yeah well, what I what I found interesting as I started to think about this along with you in conversation is like how really that's true. Like when you look at self-awareness, lots of people are like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. That's my very favorite thing when people ask me what we're up to. I'm like, oh, we've got this self-awareness podcast and we've got these teachings and then they just look at you like (laughs) self a what (laughs) what (laughs) right and I think that people by and large it's like one of those gray area things and yet it's so incredibly important and what's what I think is even more interesting is when you look at self-awareness as a whole like even if you google self-awareness or if you're looking for something to help you feel better about yourself, mm-hmm. um, there's there's really two very clear camps. The cognitive one, as you explained, and that would be including things like, um, you know, tests like DISC or Myers-Briggs or mm-hmm. uh, personality inventories or rate yourself on this scale about how aware you are, like, very mental, a yeah. lot of mental activity. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other camp is, as you were saying, much more around being with yourself, understanding yourself from your feelings, mm-hmm. um, connecting with your soul or your spiritual side, not religious side, your spiritual side, that inner voice within you, um, you know, connecting to Mother Earth, understanding the Buddhist, uh, Buddhism yeah. way of thinking. A lot um, of talk about the ego in there. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what I find so interesting, and I think you coined the phrase, they don't commingle those two camps. Yeah. 
um, very seldom commingle, yet inside of us, they must commingle for us to understand ourselves. Yeah, I would, uh, for my own self-awareness journey, you know, years ago, I started on the the cognitive side. I started with my head, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was things that, that, you know, kind of made me unhappy and upset. And I was trying to figure out, figure, figure that out. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. a a lot of it had to do around like me being really introverted. And I always was trying to figure out like, why am I so uncomfortable at work at, at, you know, work events or why do I hate going to parties? (laughs) Like, yeah, right. Right. I would read books about like how to work a room and, you know, things like things that seem like very basic to some, Mm -hmm. you know, extroverts. I really struggled with, you know, especially yeah. in my, in my work role. Yeah. Um, so I started just reading all the books on, right. you know, I got a personality test. I started reading all the psychology books. I started mm-hmm. learning how the brain works. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I did a deep dive into that kind of book study. Right. Um, Which is super common, by the way, lots of people do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it, it probably served me well in the way that like I, you know, kind of came up with like a, I don't know, I guess a mental model or a understanding about how, you know, how in general the human brain works and, and why these things are certain ways, but it didn't really make me feel all that better. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, it wasn't until I read the book, book 10% happier. Mm. Yes, that's a um, which great Which introduced book. me to like some concepts that I had never explored before, which was uh, meditation right. and Eastern philosophy. Right. For the listener's sake, do you want to talk a little bit about 10% happier, the author and sure. how it got to be? Yeah. So, so 10% happier is written by um, a guy named Dan Harris. He uh, was a news anchor, um, a national news anchor, and you know it's a very high-profile, mm-hmm, uh, competitive <laughs> position. Um, and he was really, you know, under a lot of stress uh, when he when he held that position, and um, you know, so much stress that he started to to have you know a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you he know, actually stress, started to stress use cracks. Yep, he stress started to all use, over. use cocaine. He actually became a drug yep. user to try and manage his stress. Yep. And then, like one night on the evening news, he like freaked out on yep. air. Yeah, you can like still really see that. Yeah, you, yeah, you can still find it. Yep. Um, yep. And then after that, he realized like, hey, I got to do something different. That's you know a, a better you know, coping mechanism than doing drugs. Um, and he found and turned to meditation and, um, you know, it, uh, it helped him, uh, you know, through that period of life and, and, you know, and beyond. And, and he wrote this book and he's a great author. He's a great storyteller. Yes. Um, and he really does a great job of sort of bridging the, the, or like the mind and the soul in that way. Yeah, I feel like there's very few people of influence that have the power to do that. And I think that Mm -hmm. he's definitely one of them because 
he, he is such an incredibly brilliant professional person that was and, and still is on the news and still does reporting and those kinds of other things. So he's extremely bright. And, um, but he also used his influence to start doing interviews. He also has a, you know, he does a lot of blog stuff. He, he has a huge podcast following. A great podcast, yeah. And he gets some of the absolute most prominent thought leaders and being leaders on meditation. He's interviewed the Buddha more than once. He's had many of the top meditation uh, trainers across the country. Um, so he's, yeah, he, he has such a width and breadth about him that does really take both sides of this conversation into um, into his his life, and he's just yeah. a, it's just amazing. So that is a great book for people to read. Ten percent happier is what it's called, for sure. So after I read that book, you know, I thought, well, okay, yeah, if meditation is good enough for Dan Harris, it must be good enough for me. <laughs> so let's jump into that. <laughs> uh, so, so I, you know, I kind of started practicing meditation and what was interesting for me was that even though I read all of the books and I, and I knew in my head, uh, what was, what was happening, yeah, it didn't really connect right. until right. I actually had to sit there in yes. silence trying to uh, really observing you know my thoughts and feelings right? right it's it is funny how and you know if if the listeners haven't meditated i'm not i'm not going on a big meditation um yeah. speech here yeah yeah but, yeah but even doing it a little bit is yeah. very insightful, uh, insightful. <laughs> like like as soon as you realize like how much your brain is actually just popping thoughts constantly. <laughs> and crazy thoughts, like really yes, crazy thoughts. Very crazy thoughts. Um, <laughs> it's, it's unreal. <laughs> so you, until I started that and really observing like, oh, wait, these thoughts, like these thoughts are happening like at an astounding pace. Right. And like you said, like, and they're all over the place. And right. I'd never realized that before. And it wasn't until those moments where I was able to like take what I had learned and actually turn it into a practice where yeah. when I got into a situation that did evoke a big feeling or big response, was I able to get that moment, that gap between the feeling and the thinking yeah. in order to make me respond in, the, in, a, in a way that I really wanted to instead of just being so impulsive. Well, I, you said a couple of things that I want to circle back on because it, it's really interesting. And I wish I had the actual percentage at my fingertips, but I do not. The number of thoughts that we have um, is in the hundreds of thousands per, um, per day. And out of that, it's in the high 90 percentile that they are all the same thoughts we think all the time. Mm. We have very few new thoughts. 
<laughs> which very, is very little original content up but in it, your noggin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? So if you just take that like one step further, and I know mm-hmm. I, I could spin us into a new direction, which I won't, but it is very interesting to think we continually think the same thoughts over and over again. And what is a belief? A belief is not true or false. It is simply thinking the same thought over and over again until you believe it's true. Mm. So when you're looking at self-awareness, if you can really sort of unpack that a little bit, in my coaching, what I see so often is people have some sort of level of pain inside. They have something that's hurting them. They've been triggered by something or they're unhappy with something. And that feeling, if it is not favorable, they will oftentimes go right to their head rather than staying with the feeling. Mm -hmm. They go right from the neck up is what I always call that. Like, I can just think my way through this. I just, I'll just go do this because that always works. I'll just think through why I'm feeling like this. And um, if 90% of your thoughts are the exact same and you've been here before, there's something in that process that isn't working. I mean, that's not, it doesn't work. But we just are afraid to tap into that neck down part, or maybe not afraid, simply unequipped or unaware how to tap more into that feeling part. Yeah. So if we keep moving kind of on the spectrum, we started talking about the analytical book, personality test kind of um, method of self-awareness. We moved into meditation. Yeah. Um, and you kind of can go farther into, um, you know, different, different, te- you know, meditation would be a technique, I would say, right? Sure. Grounding mm-hmm. techniques. You can mm-hmm. get into mm-hmm. uh, different philosophies, right? I'd say. In, yeah. Yeah. In our um, Western philosophy, has mm-hmm. got a, one way of looking at the universe, right? But as you'd explore Eastern philosophy, uh, there's a whole different perspective right which right um which you know which if you agree with or not is is for me certainly interesting to learn about because it really you know for me it helped me see the universe in a completely different way that I was never exposed to as a child right and and I think too there's some fear around you know like when you hear people talk about buddhism or you hear people talk about things like impermanence and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. I think people that are unaware of what that actually is, they get scared of it because they think that it's a religion. Yeah. And it is not a religion. It is a way of being. And so if if you have a strong religious affiliation, many people have been trained and conditioned to think, don't deviate from that. Yet, What we're really talking about is the connection with your soul. I'll call it soul for this conversation. The connection with your inner being, the connection with who you really are. Like I'll use all of those phrases so that I don't scare people off by just using one. Um, But I think that it's really critical that we understand that both of those pieces are us. Mm -hmm. That cognitive piece, so many of us want to go right to the brain to solve our problems and, um, and, and just like you described, like that's a really natural reaction. It's like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why I feel this way. I'm going to go read a book. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to go learn. Yeah. I'm going to go see yeah. a lecture. And some of that is fine. It does get us. It does kick the can down the alley a little bit for us. Um, however, like just use, for example, right now you're learning how to fly yep. um, in, a, in a real airplane. And you know I that... only learned from a book and then hopped in an airplane, exactly. I don't think that would go very well. <laughs> right, exactly. That's my point. It's, that's my point. It's like there must be experience in ourselves in order to really, mm -hmm. truly understand, you know, to really, truly understand who we are and why we yeah. respond to the things that we do and how we react rather than feeling frustrated and upset when we have reactions that we don't like. Um, we usually try to push them away, ignore them or yeah. stuff them under a carpet <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, again, kind of pushing us all the way to the other side is, you yeah. know, we talked, to, we talked about, you know, talking about certainly Buddhism and, and Eastern philosophy, less as a religion and more as a, like, model yeah. of thinking. Awareness, the, yeah. The one thing that really struck me when I started studying Buddhism was like I thought it was a religion, right? You know, when that's I what everyone about, thinks at first. And then yep. I started reading about it. I'm like, wait, this isn't a religion. This is just like a framework of thinking and being, and not just fact, thinking, not just thinking. Yeah. Being is actually and probably being, the better. Yeah. But it starts. But what's interesting about it is it starts kind of as a cognitive thing. It starts as a like look at this, mm -hmm. look look at this way of of. Uh, or learn about this way of looking at the universe. Mm. You know, this is kind of like the Buddha's thing is, is like, look at this thinking model, mm -hmm. how to observe things, and, and now start observing that in yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Now start practicing it by looking right. inward. Yeah. Um, and he, he goes so far as to say, you know, hey, don't believe it. There's no belief here. Yeah. Like, challenge it. Try it like yeah. do it yeah right <laughs> if it doesn't right. work then throw it away <laughs> right right i think right? he even says in the beginning of his book it's been an awful long time since i read that but i feel like at the beginning of his book he like encouraged people to just sit with themselves for like three minutes a day he yeah. said if you can just sit quietly for three minutes a day you will gain benefit and i think the yeah. benefit that is referred to constantly is he talks really about you know having a calmness being more centered um, understanding ourselves more, not being so attached to the outcome of things, but rather being in the experience of things. And I think yeah, that's such a beautiful, that's a beautiful piece. And right there, you're moving right into that. It's a way of being, yes. right? And yes. And the centeredness and this calmness. And, yes, yes. Um, and yeah. right there, you start talking about, you know, not religion, but, you know, spirituality right yeah. oneness with the universe yeah and, yeah and, yeah and nature and all of, all of all of that whole realm um, right yeah so it's a like uh in this conversation it's a really interesting spectrum mm -hmm. right where you've got this very logical scientific yeah method on one side all the way to uh i'm gonna sit in the woods alone <laughs> and be one with the universe 
right? You laugh. <laughs> Wait, is it dark? That's a life goal. Like, exactly right. Is there, are there bears? I'm a little afraid. No, not black bears. Day. I'm not scared of black bears. Brown bears, though, I'm scared of brown bears. Right. <laughs> Sit out there. There's cute little birds that fly around. Or something <laughs> yeah. <like that>. yeah <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm making so, light of it, but it is very, I think that is a, such a great description. Like you're using like a, a spectrum or sort of a line on each end. It's like, Whenever I'm talking about um, stuff like at what we think about, I use the same analogy of a stick, right? On one end is the having of that something, and on the other end is the absence of that. Mm. And, and this spectrum can also be considered sort of the same thing, not in the having and the absence, but, you know, it well, is a full spectrum. Yeah, or it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah, yes. It's the same thing. It just, whichever way you yeah. kind of yeah. come at it. And uh my observation is you can come at it from either either direction mm -hmm. and no matter which direction you come at it you kind of end up exploring the other side yeah right? well we, we and so hope what we want to talk about is being in the middle right like yeah. you can explore both sides of these one might resonate a little bit more with you right. than the other right right but just understand like both exist right, right. and and especially if you start on the the, the cognitive side, the, the clinical book side mm -hmm. of that coin, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. really encouraging everyone to explore yeah, the, the feeling other side. side of that coin, the well, feeling right. side. The... And that's so much about what our lessons are about and what our, our true desire in this process is to help people be more self-aware for themselves, not for the be not for the benefit of anybody else, although everybody else does benefit. It's really about being able to benefit in and of yourself for yourself and understanding your own processes. And like as you were describing, right now the common way for people to manage themselves is to go up to their head. Like even if they're not looking at books or watching things on TV, even if they have a feeling or a sense that they don't understand or they're not comfortable with, they go right up into their head. And if you then do start doing research or anything else like that, what I found for me is um, I would get really judgy. I would spend more time in my head trying to understand something and then ultimately comparing myself with whatever it is I was learning. Oh, mm. I'm not good at that. Like, oh, I'm not ready to do that yet. Or how come this person can do this? And this, this says that 90% of people are like this. I'm not like this. Am I wrong? And it feels like when we get up into our head too much, there's a real opportunity for self-judgment. And self-judgment shuts everything off. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can bring that out of your head yeah down into your heart and yeah. you can just like you know accept yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> for who well, you are yeah. love yourself you know just like release that judgment and just say hey all this is okay right right yeah. and really kind of get in touch with some of those thoughts and feelings right right so the self-awareness journey sits somewhere in the middle of that fabulous blog post that started this thinking today and um and and, and then on the other side of really just being able to be with yourself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically all in alignment with each other. And we continue to try to make things really accessible um, for everyone so that they can really see and that you can really be with yourself wherever you are right now and make incremental steps to feeling good all the time. 
We hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. Our mission is to help people become happier and more effective by gaining insight into their own thoughts and feelings. We'd love your support. First, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Second, leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast site. This helps others discover the podcast so we can reach more people. And third, sign up for our newsletter at theselfawarenessjourney.com. This will help us communicate better with you and build our community. Thank you so much for joining us in the self-awareness journey. We'll see you next week.